Welcome back, people. This is Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. I'm your boy, Mr. Prez, and with me always. It's your boy, Cash, a.k.a. Zach P. Was happening good, people. Mm. Cash, for the new people, tell them who we are and what we're about. Oh, too easy, Prez. This is Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. It's a podcast about music, sports, culture, that's it. That's it. That's what we do. We cover a wide range of topics week in and week out. We have guests come on, music artists. We'll have guests that's in the culture space on whatever else we want to talk about, whether that's entertainment, the arts, you name it. Yeah, this is just a dope podcast. We definitely hope that you guys tap in at DSE underscore podcast on all platforms. YouTube, go subscribe to us. All right, Cash, and what we got for this episode? Hey, we got a little bit of everything, man. So uh, first up, we got the uh, the NFT situation. We were talking about that on the group chat, and we figured like, yo, that would be a good topic to bring up on whether these NFTs are actually um, taking advantage of the actual fan in terms of the from an artist standpoint. And we mean hip hop artists, not necessarily traditional artists in that sense. And then we also have a special guest coming on. King James, he dropped the weather report a couple of months ago and it was super duper fire. And we had the privilege of uh, interviewing him. So we have that as well. We discuss uh, some Kyrie versus Schroeder deal and in regards to just the N word. We're going to touch on that. We also going to touch on Katie versus Shannon Sharp. I mean, we got we got a whole lot lined up, man. But definitely, if you listen in this long, Go to the time hacks. Prez does a great job with giving you guys the exact time point on when you can jump to the conversation. So if NFTs ain't your deal, you can go right to the King James interview. If the King James interview ain't your deal, you can go right to the NBA or NFL or whatever else we talk about. We we do take your time into consideration and we would love that you guys, if you want to tap in for just one segment, then do it. Then do it. And then eventually you'll you'll listen to the full thing. So did I cover everything, Prez? Hey, yes, yes, you did. Yeah, I would like some feedback. Let me let me start off with that. I would like some feedback. Does everybody actually listen or, or utilize those uh, quick points that I put up in there in the comments and everything, so you can jump straight to it? Because that's a lot of extra time that I do do that. <laughs> so, I, I that so if y'all ain't using. <laughs> That'll be some great feedback if I'm just wasting my time because I can put my time somewhere else. For my nerd research, the ones I listen to, I like to be able to go right to what I want to listen to, especially when I just want to listen to that. And then I'll go back, you know, for the pods I really like. So I appreciate you if nobody else does. Yeah, man. So where you want to go off, man? Like, hey, I think that us talking about that is a great way to go. Let's talk about these NFTs, man. Go ahead, man. Speak your peace. Speak your peace. I mean, so we're with it. Can, can you let everybody know? Understanding this new new technology, man. So non fungible tokens, right? Uh, these things are basically like when I'm grasping this, like little gifts and stuff like this that they actually selling, and they having like a a limited amount of these that they can do it. So it's just like uh, uh, they got four or five of these that'll be out and they, they putting a the price on it and it's whatever everybody going to pay. And you know what I mean? Cause people can refuse to pay that amount, but everybody seems to be paying it right now. And the resale of those non-fungible tokens is where everybody's hoping to be the next get rich quick or whatever. And kind of seemed like everybody's starting to take advantage of this, man. It had a nice good intent, but uh, slowly at the beginning, some of these people about to eat real good because 
they they taking advantage of a market that ain't really there yet. I don't think. For me, Prez, I I see that a lot of artists that are doing it as far as musicians, I think it's a good thing. And the reason being is we just had a whole year and some change and things are still not opened up for a lot of these artists. So if they can make some coin on the side doing this stuff in a digital space, I'm all for it. I mean, it's consumer based. So if I don't want to buy it, I don't have to buy it. And I don't think that people that don't have the money are investing in these non-fungible tokens. Don't you think? Like, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's for the people who actually got money I or who don't have money. They, they ain't really going into it, especially like I think we looked at like some basketball ones. They are doing it at a pretty reasonable price, nine dollars for a pack. And then you, you can have something good up in there and you could trade off on it. Uh, so but I, I look at that just like basketball cards that you trade. That's kind of how they're going. But. For the other ones, these artists, man, they coming up five hundred dollar, thousand dollar, two thousand dollars, and <laughs> it kind of. And in chat, you know, I was talking with you. I was just like, because I know Lupe just did one of these, man, and I'm just like, Lupe been rapping about being financially responsible and doing all this little stuff, and been been saying all the right stuff his whole career, and, and, and preaching that type of sense to like make sure we're doing the right thing with our money, you know what I mean? And then come out with a non-fungible token. It seems like he's taking advantage of the people just in the same sense as any drug dealer would. So what's making him any difference at this point with, with taking advantage of some nerves versus the the, the drug dealer taking, away, taking advantage of an addict, you know? I, I feel different. And it's strictly from the standpoint of you have the option of paying your money for these items. You don't have to do it, whether you're a nerd or somebody that wants to willingly get in on it. I personally haven't seen anything that I would want to be in that space quite yet. You know what I mean? Now, if it's just a strictly uh, a financial matter and I want to, I want to diversify my portfolio, so to speak. Absolutely. We got a, we got a homie that's into that right now. Our homie stacks that's heavily into it. And I don't think he sees it as, a collector's item or anything like that. I think he sees it as a business opportunity. And that's the same way these artists are utilizing it as a business opportunity. Not necessarily, I don't think they give a shit whether it's taking advantage or I don't think that even enters their mind. I think here's a way to make money off my likeness because I can't make it in the traditional sense in the music industry. So when you, when you kind of weigh both of those options and, and what artists are coming from, in that standpoint or where I think they're coming from, then I'm all for it because these artists yeah. deserve to get paid. Lupe was in his label hell back in the day. And then everybody like kept pounding, like his fans, you know, went against the label, got lasers released and stuff like this. And now he out of his contract. What's the hold up on music? We came here for music. You're a musical artist. I ain't saying like you're going to plan. I still don't see where the artist has in on the non-fungible token. Like, are they creating these? If they're creating them from their own, that's one thing. If somebody else just producing these and they just throwing, the, putting their name on it, whatever, like, I don't understand why people would want that. I would want a, a vinyl or something of food and liquor signed by Lupe. Pay a couple, I'll pay some money for that. I don't want to something that's digital that I can't really, well, I guess they got ways of locking it down and stuff, but 
<laughs> the person we talking about, we know that they lost their whole wallet at, at a point in time, came back and got it all. But I mean, just <laughs> that stuff can just be lost and gone, you know? Yeah, but it's it's non-fungible. So that means it's just not, it's something that you keep and then it gets resold if you want to resell it. And then the artist gets a certain percentage off of it as it gets resold again and again and again. Now, whatever that percentage is, I don't, I don't know at this, at this point. And that's, I guess that's negotiable depending on how the artist sets their business up in, in terms of that. So if it's not for me, it's not for me, but I don't understand how you feel like the artists are taking advantage of anybody if it's free will like either you buy Isn't it or that you exactly don't. what the artists complain about right now yeah. that no matter what the label gets a piece of what they get what they had what they didn't put out there so i spend it with my money and i got it you tell me it's six of them out there shouldn't it be mine at that point and then i move on with a physical it is and it is the artists don't get it's nothing. comic it's but the same the thing minute. as comic books though press same thing yeah. you if you have a 10 of 10 black spider-man comic book if you choose to sell it back to the market, then that that's on you. And then it raises its value and so on and so yeah. forth. And, and you go from there. You don't feel this, no type Disney of way about it in that sense. Disney ain't in my pockets to get a cut of that. But you saying like with this non-fungible token, they still in people's pockets. So it's still like it's the, it's they getting a messed up deal. So now they pushing that messed up deal onto like the fans. And hey, whatever. It is what it is, man. I still don't understand it. Uh, if you're into it, go ahead and do it. I miss out on it. Oh, well, I missed out on it. You know what I mean? I'll I continue doing what I've been doing. It's been doing me just fine. Uh, but I don't, I don't need it in my life to make well, I just I would prefer artists, you know, to put to make music. Spend that effort that you're spending in that to make new music so we can all enjoy it. I keep funding you on that portion. And then when it's time for a concert, I go on the concert and all this. Little but thing. I think as the world opens up, this is going to expand the possibilities of adding different things. Like I said last week, Kings of Leon and a lot of other different artists are going to start integrating special things with whatever they're selling in the digital space. So I think this can enhance whatever they're trying to do outside of their record contracts, because as we both have admitted, the record industry is antiquated and how they go about doing things. And these artists have to constantly try to find ways to make money outside of that that recording contract because that recording contract often at times Fs a lot of young artists, even still to this day. Well, okay. I would say, like, my catch-all and way I can be okay with these things is, man, if you put not something like that and they got a track or something behind it, you know what I mean? Then I feel like the artist is doing something or unless the artist is a vocal artist, and you know, yeah, can, our, can homie, our homie, our homie Shago sp spoke on it. He bought uh, an NFT from Snoop Dogg. It was like a, it was a blunt, I think, and then he got a, he got a song with it, or whatever. I now I don't know, you know, how many people that song got out to, or that that particular NFT was. He didn't go into particulars, but they're, they're figuring it out. And I think it's such a such a new space that I'm gonna give it time before I. I feel like anybody's taking advantage of anybody because I definitely want to get into this space because it's something that you and I talk about every every damn week. So why not get into the space and figure it out? Like I used to love to trade baseball, basketball cards, football cards. So if this is the same thing in theory and I just got to learn the ins and outs of it, I'm down. I'm down for it to be a hobby and to make some money at the same time. 
Yeah. Nope. Yeah. No problems. Maybe I'm just not the audience for it. So maybe that's what it is, man. But I, I yeah, I stay far away from all that nonsense. I know I clicked on it. Like I said, Lupe was the one that, that caught my eye and I seen it's like, oh NFTs dropping. I seen it. It was like one of them on there for two G's. I'm like, oh hell, like hell I will. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> if if y'all uh if you guys out there, if you guys got a lot more knowledge on it, we're not a we're far from experts on this. Um, but we, we'd like to hear you guys' thoughts on it. If you guys want to come on and, and break it down for us and so we could discuss it further, we would love to have you. And um, but yeah, yeah, that's it, man. So our NFTs, our artists, musical artists taking advantage of their fans utilizing NFTs for for little value, so to speak. Is that what you're trying to say? It's not it's not valuable, Prez. Well, it got a value to somebody. Okay. It just ain't me. And like uh, like you saying, like they selling it. It just seems like it's a wild, wild west with the prices and everything and then how they going about it right now. It don't it, it it don't seem advantageous to me. Okay. So yeah, you experts out there, let us know if it's gonna if the market's gonna correct itself in terms of these NFTs and these, these wild prices, or is it just the people within that space? Let us know. We definitely wanna learn a lot more about it and, and get involved wherever we can. So um, but uh, but yeah, that's that, man. Check us out. But yeah, with that said, up next, we're going to cover our weekly segment here of one of the shows that Prez and I actually happen to watch together because this man, <laughs> uh, he got five TVs in his house, but he watches none of them. But if he's going to watch this one, so we're we going to watch this together. So it's the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Am I saying it right? You know, I'm terrible with this. Yeah, I, whatever. The new Disney show. Yeah. Whatever it is, man. Okay. Kids, kids had me watching it, and like I said, it was it was actually entertaining. Like So, like, definitely wanted to be here to speak about it, and then we thought the subject matter. So we started speaking on this last week uh, with Mars, with Dad Force, and now we got the new episode that dropped this Friday, and... What, what did you... What was your initial thoughts on it so far? And, yeah, my fault. Spoilers. We definitely going into it. Uh, if you... You ain't watched it. Hey, just skip past this. I got all that in the comments, like uh, in the description below. You can just go to the next segment. So I like how they how they humanize Captain America to a certain degree. You know what I mean? He got the same treatment that it seemed like a lot of black folk get when they fuck up in their job. Ain't no coming back from it. Uh, I've done all of these things and still you're going to get rid of me because it's a PR nightmare based on what he did. And he has to understand that, but it's, it was kind of funny to see his privilege when he was standing before, um, well, I, I forget the name of the council he was standing before, but it was funny to see his privilege and thinking like, all, all I did was this. That's yeah. all I did was kill a man and everybody took a picture. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who cares if, it was my friend. I was defending my friend. Y'all raised me to do this. Y'all put this this serum. Y'all trained me. Y'all trained me to do this. And it's like, no, we didn't train you to kill somebody and get caught on camera. <laughs> you supposed to be discreet. You gotta be discreet with the shit. You can't be just be killing motherfuckers all willy nilly. So that that part uh, that part kind of threw me off and, and showed his privilege. And then the other part with the Falcon, when he was uh, interviewing, and you know I'm terrible with names, but he went to the house of the uh, the old Winter Soldier, the Black Winter Soldier, mm -hmm. and kind of, huh? Bradley. 
When he yeah, so he went to Bradley's house and you know he really had a heartfelt conversation with him in terms of everything that he went through, and but at the same time, he still told his ass, "Look, don't your ass go trying to be Captain America because in all actuality, America don't want no black Captain America." But it seems like Falcon seems to think otherwise to me. I think that he still trying to push to actually get the shield, man. What do you think, Press? Yeah, yeah. And that was Isaiah Bradley. So, uh, yeah, I, I think <laughs> it was messed up, man, because, like, <laughs> the way he left Isaiah Bradley house after that speech, man, I was just like, man, he kind of put it out there. I don't know, I don't know if a Falcon, how he going to, like, swing that? Because he said, any respectful black man wouldn't want to be it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that part right there. That part right there got me. Was like, oh, you definitely, you definitely can't go back and, and be when um Captain America Captain at this America. point. You can't. You can't. So he's like, because no was self-respecting like, black man. Basically, yeah, that way he said no self-respecting black man. And basically, what he was like saying is just like you, you're gonna keep perpetrating the lie instead of like once you've seen the truth. Like, how are you going to deny it? And by you denying it, it's like, once again, putting on that uniform and letting them continue to carry on without answering for what they done done. And that's 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 kind of what I got from it. You know what I mean? Uh, he wasn't saying, like, the whole program. He's saying, like, if you go put it on, you allow them to go past it without any acknowledgement and all this other stuff of it. You know what I mean? But I, I hope that Falcon going to find a way to make them still acknowledge it and, you know, recognize the people and the, and the, the wrongs they had, they done done and kind of take it. I think that's going to kind of separate them even more. You know how Captain America, he must separate itself away from being the America's little, little token where they can just throw anywhere else, throw, throw anywhere at a war or anything that's going on. He kind of separated and formed it with the Avengers and everything. And he, answers to his own self, like uh, even that's why they was in hiding in the Avengers and stuff like this, right? So he wasn't going to be used as a pawn. And I think like that's kind of how Falcon is going to do. He's going to, you know, keep that same line and just like, I'm not the, uh, America's little pawn. I'm still got my own way of, of moving over here. So, but the shield, it still stands for everything that uh, the first Captain America stood for. So I got I got two things, Press. The uh the first part, I like how they went to um the Falcon holding it down on two fronts, whether it was doing what he was doing for America or you know, just holding down his family business and showing how folks have to continually black folks have to continually work harder on both fronts, whether it's in their job, their family job to hold up their family legacy. So I like how they tapped into that. But here's the thing, Prez. They're tugging on our heartstrings when it comes to the Captain America that we all hate because he mm. went back to his friends' families and pretty much said that he would hold them down. And you know exactly what that means. You know exactly what that means. Yeah. He's going to avenge that death and he's going to find that girl. I'm bad with names, so you already know it. He's going to find yeah. he's going to find the lead villain and he's going to try to kill her, but somehow He's going to because everybody hated him. So I don't know where they're going with it. Are they going to stick with keeping him as the guy that went rogue and, and villain? Or are they going to 
get him him back in good graces at least with Falcon and uh, the Winter Soldier. So I'm not sure where they're going to go with that, but there's multiple places they can go with us hating him initially because I think they did a good job casting him because he was easy to hate. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, man, uh, I think they did an excellent job as the villain, man, because I don't think he ever come back from there. He, he, from now on, he's like, oh, man, that's, that's the evil Captain America. Exactly. <laughs> the murderer. <laughs> he the evil Captain America, man. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see where they're gonna go with this. Uh, the month. So, what did you think of the the buddy friendship with Falcon and Winter Soldier? I think like they, in my opinion, uh, they they shine a little light on it in a couple of the Avengers movies, and it was able to shine a lot more here. I think they just work awesome as a team. They got good chemistry together and stuff on screen. Would love to watch another little buddy cop little duo thing they got going on again. And uh, <laughs> like when he got to his sister's boat and everything, how he was flirting with the sister. Oh, yeah, just yeah. Mad. <laughs> <laughs> and she was looking, though. She was looking, yeah, yeah. though. Yeah, she was looking yeah. up. But yeah, I, I like that part. Then I also like the part of him just saying, like, hey, man, you, you got to do the work. You got to do the work to get back right and good graces for the people that you that you hurt, not for you. You know, you're never yeah. going to make yourself feel better. You need to make the people feel better. And again, he, he can hear Falcon come in like some old auntie or uncle telling you yeah. what you need to do and you know that it's right. So that, that was good advice, man. So I like that yeah. whole dynamic playing out. Yeah, they 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 want to deny it, but they are really good friends. Like they could be honest with each other and tell, have those hard conversations with them, without either one of them just going off. You know what I mean? And I think that's 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 good. It showed that little light on it. And then what did you think about the montage of how he was going to become Captain America? I, I cheesy. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think much. I didn't have a deep thought on. I thought it, it was a waste of screen time. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> why he got a train and he already the Falcon. Don't he do all this stuff? Yeah, yeah, right. I, I, I didn't get it. I didn't. <laughs> so, I, was, I was trying to think of something like clever to say or funny, but I'm I'm left with I I didn't get that whole scene. He was just he's he's already a superhero. He has to catch it, like catch it, learn, catch the shield. Like you you've caught it several times. Like, ah. Yeah. He has like Wait. he was hitting it back and forth and catching, just throwing it. Just an episode later, like yeah, now you all of a sudden him, can't him catch and it. him and when the soldier was was he throw it, one of them catch, throw it, he catch it. It's just like now he can't catch it because you got to hit the flip with it, right? Like get your get your wings back, do that, and then catch it. Like what, what's the difference? Waste the damn scene because uh, yeah, it was a waste of scene. Yeah, but overall, overall good uh, episode. No, no issues with it. And for the most part, so can't can't wait for episode six, man. We gonna break it down next week, same way, same place. Don't sleep on the couch podcast. Everywhere you can find podcasts or DSE underscore podcast on our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Come join our Facebook group if you like. It's Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast. So yeah, man. Hey. Disney, y'all better not skimp on this last episode. Y'all had to build up and going into this. It better not be he have a new costume and he holding a shield and everybody just accepting it. Just, ah. No, it better be a little bit of controversy here at the end and like he, he, somebody in the, the leadership of the government got to go down or something yeah. just trying to hide all this stuff. Like, I, I need closure. That's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> 
All right, Perez, what else we got? What else we got next? Uh, I think that's about it, man. We got oh. King James interview. We'll get hey, we got King, King James, James coming on pretty soon. So, hey, that's definitely going to be a great interview. So you guys stick around for up-and-coming artists, Greensboro, North Carolina. I mean, I can liken him to to a little brother. I can liken him to a far side. Uh, who else? Elzai. The guy got bars, man. So we don't interview real life, real life, real life, real life bars. We don't interview these people just because we interview because Prez and I can we can we take them back a little bit, Prez? Yeah, go ahead. So a couple years ago, I used to whoop Prez's ass in playlist battles, and um, you know it went back and forth amongst our our group in in terms of our group chat, and he 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 suffered a lot of losses, and and after but. In those losses, it was a valuable lesson learned in defeat. A lot of people got put on in our group chat with music. And that's kind of what we want to do with all these artist interviews is our course is reaching the people that rock with us. And we have some talented lyricists. We had JR. We've had Mars Native. We had T Hunt. Um, we had Tay Keys. All of these brothers are talented artists. They just need to push. So we're, we're asking you, listen to this full interview, get to know the man behind the music, go listen to the music, and you'll understand exactly why President and I are interviewing these talented artists. So this King James interview is one you don't want to miss. You got any anything to say to that uh, playlist battle? Nah, I, nah, I don't got nothing to say because uh, <laughs> if people have been listening long enough, they know that that's a damn lie. But... Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> The truth is somewhere in between. He say he won. I say we won. Y'all ask the group, man. We'll see who kind of won. Hey, man. Whatever, whatever. With that said, let's get into the King James interview, man. Y'all stick around. Hey, Cash, you ready to do this? Let's go ahead and uh, recognize our Patreon supporters. Give them a shout out. We got Tate. It's my boy, Blue. We got Marty. Silent partner. Take that, take that, take that. Uh, we got Quay Quay. Pop, lock, and drop it. Yes, yes. <laughs> we got uh, Errol Jackson. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Who? Yeah, we got Bird. Birdman. We got Ryan. Jack Ryan, that's my boy. I'll let you, man. We got Mum Well over in Texas. Mo money, mo money, mo money. Uh, we got Jared. Lil J on the track. Yeah, we got Kazer. Kazer Cushion, we smoked that. Can't say that. Can't say that. Can't say that. <laughs> we, we got we got Tyrus. Oh, uh, is that Oakland Zone? That's Oakland Zone. That's right Oakland there. Zone. Too short in the flesh. Yeah, we got Rodney. Oh, Rodney Jenkins. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. It's easy. Uh, and then we got Corey. Oh man, the foundation is the man who even gave a dollar before we even had Patreon set up. So shout out to you, brother. And then last but not least, we got Archery. That's my man. That's my man. Uh, so we're going to call him Mr. Antisocial. He already know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our list of names, man. Definitely want to keep shouting y'all out. Thank y'all for everything that y'all give. We almost up to the point where we're covering all our uh, revolving fees. We got probably like another $10, $15 and we, we reach in there and we covering those revolving yeah. fees. Then everything else truly is going back in to just for upgrades and looking to find something new to add to the pod. So, Like I said, we love discovering new artists. And just a couple months ago, we were we had JR on the show and um, he's associated with Ransom and, and that's one of the guys that we listen to. So that's the tree. Ransom, then we started listening to JR. 
then JR was promoting something called the weather report. And then we were like, all right, you know, we, we, we going to listen to this because now we're fans of JR as well. And next thing I know, we got this other guy on here called King James standing toe to toe with JR. Like I was, I was mind blown. Like there's more, <laughs> there's more of these guys out here spitting like that. So today on the couch for the first time, we got our man, King James. Hey, yo, we got the game and the Cobra clutch. The verbal weaponry is like a vasectomy. How we going nuts? How you gonna sign me? I'm cold as fuck. Save your smoke for blunts. Cause I promise ain't many hardest as cold as us. These must with no pedigree. Over melodies, I'm high fidelity. So why would you ever settle for parody? I ain't like them niggas obsessed with being celebrities. I do it for prosperity and legacy. Thinking beyond your frivolous qualms. I'm pinning biblical psalms. Showing this other shit they can be on. Cause any minute you can slip and you gone. Niggas vanish, but it ain't magic coming out of the tip of that wand. It's death or a cell. It said it wouldn't be long, but I wouldn't listen and didn't conform. I just gripped the baton and started sprinting. Fucked around to finish first with no thoughts of winning. And now the so-called competition envy cause we in the top position. You gotta watch these, cause they like politicians. Can't fall for the contradiction. Soon as you let your guard down, they gon' fuck you like Larsa Pippen. Welcome to the couch, brother. Welcome to the couch. No doubt, brother. How you how you feeling? I feel good, man. You know, uh, getting ready to drop my, my new project, uh, Prodigal Son. Uh, it's coming out May 3rd. going to be on all streaming platforms. So uh, life is good right now, man. You know, I got a birthday next week. It is what it is. Still living, man. Still living. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, happy early birthday. Absolutely. Good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, catch you next week, though, wherever we get catch you on. Uh, so tell us who you are, what you about, what you do, man. Okay, I go by the name of King James. Uh, I'm a rapper out of Wilson, North Carolina. I live in Greensboro now. Um, Don't have a lot to show for, but definitely not new to the game. Uh, Put out my first project back in in 2005 on MySpace. (laughs) Uh, I was in a group called Pete. Yeah, long time ago. Um, (laughs) I was in a group called Peoples, man. It was myself, Tay Black, uh, Justin Sauls. We were the MCs. And then my man, Lex So Dope, he was the producer. So uh, we did that. Uh, dropped another joint in 2007, 2008 called Skull Session. Uh, we linked up with a producer rapper out of Virginia. At the time, he was going by the name of Logic Marsalis, but he goes by the name of Ali Uke now. And I uh, started doing my solo thing because cats spread apart. And, you know, here we are now. Just trying to do my thing, make my mark in the game. So as you were talking about, like, 2005 was your your first start. We had a chance to listen to a little bit of Prodigal Son, and you're talking about a lot more openness. But first, I want to go to Weather Report, and then we'll kind of transition to Prodigal Son. How did you and Jr. link up with each other? So it's it's crazy, man, because like we actually grew up around each other. Like he lived like right around the corner from me. But I'm a couple years older, so we didn't really run in the same circles. And I think it was uh, maybe like 2010, 2011. Uh, we met through a mutual friend who was producing at the time. 
Uh, shout out to Morris Mackins. Um, and he was there. You know, me and Tay Black, we came over his crib. And it was Mars and JR was over there. You know, so we dapping cats up. And they playing a song. It was called uh, Shadow. And I'm listening to the joint. And it was like a crazy line. He was like, hard on my sleeve, but it's summer, so I left those in the closet. My memory banks are no longer accepting my deposits, so I give them to y'all with respect and hope that logic will help you to appreciate these exceptional composites. And I'm like, yo, who is this? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, who is, like, bro, I'm telling you, man. Because back then, I was on some hyper-arrogant stuff, like nobody can mess with me. And I'm hearing this, and I'm like, yo, who's this? And my man, you know, Mars, he pointed at JR. And I'm like, bro, this you? And JR, like, he might seem like he don't care. He just a super humble, authentic cat, man. Like, that's just how he is. And he like, yeah, that's me. And I'm like, I ain't, I had never heard nothing like that in my whole life. You know, so ever since then, man, we kind of kept in touch. He was doing this uh, pro ball overseas and stuff. And, you know, whenever we worked on music, we always did stuff together. So, you know, it was only natural that we came together for the weather report. And it turned out beautiful, I think. Yeah. And it's funny he's like that because we got that from our interview with him. But then don't let that fool you because once he get on the mic, he's totally opposite of that that humble dude. I'm pretty sure he is that that you know in real life. You know what I mean? So you, you definitely can't slack. He's a monster, man. Like, <laughs> like, like for my money, I think he's the goat, man, for real. I think people just don't know yet. There ain't, like, lyrically... There ain't nothing he can't do. He can rock any kind of track, any type of flow, subject matter. It don't really matter. And, you know, all he needs is just the ears, man. You know, unfortunately, the music industry isn't a meritocracy. It's not really about skill. But if it was about skill, yeah, he, he'd be up there with like a ransom, man. He ain't got the catalog, but if, if you hear him on those songs, he, he's up there. And we know Ransom is God level. Like, if you can go toe-to-toe with Ransom, you can go toe-to-toe with anybody. So, And that's exactly how that's we it. felt when we first heard him on. I forgot what project it was, Prez. You referenced it the last interview, but we had him come on, and we was like, oh, 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 oh okay. You know, he yeah. just elevated the track. Like, I, the think, I think what I was talking about on there when he did that, I was just like, uh, you know, when I first heard the track, is Ransom with some other people, right? So I'm like... Hey, so Ransom come over here. Hold up. They let Ransom go first? Ooh, big mistake. <laughs> like, how you going to follow that up? That would typically like, be the thing, but not this time. But the minute, <laughs> yeah, but the minute he came on that, he held his own. You know, he 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 able to acknowledge what, what, what was before him on Ransom and then snatch back a little bit of that spotlight to make you well. Like, yo, I got to check this dude out. I got to keep following him. Yeah, no, nobody's smoking him on anything. Nobody's smoking him on anything. Like, if, if you feature J.O. on the track, you better bring your A plus game, you know, because he will take your joint. He'll make it hit. Yo, so so how was you guys sessions during the weather report? Uh, so so basically, I mean, we would just like you know be in the room listening to beats and stuff, and we'll hear a beat that we like specifically fall because he played a clip on Twitter, and he already had his verse without him, and you know I hit him up. I'm like, hey man, like. Like, what you doing with that? He like, man, it's whatever. You trying to get on? So we went from there, and then we really liked how that joint turned out. So we like, yeah, we might as well go ahead and do a whole project. So, you know, we would play the beats or come up with the beats that we want to work on. A lot of times I would have my verse first, 
and then when I would go record, um, that would be the first time he heard it. And he would be writing his stuff on the spot. And by the time I get back home, he already sent me an email. It's like, yeah, this is my verse, man. And <laughs> it's crazy how fast he works. And he's recording himself, by the way. He's doing it all. So, you know, just, just perfection, man. That's came out really good. I think so. And it was the same effect for me listening to that, going back to the, uh, the ransom thing where, like once we saw your name on on a project, I was confused a little bit, but then mm-hmm. he was promoting it so much, I was like, all right, cool, let me let me check it out. Y'all literally go back and forth with songs, and every time I'm like, oh, King James got one, then I'm like, oh, Jr. got it's, and that's a beautiful thing, like especially when you guys are doing that back and forth joint joint type of project, man. So you know, definitely iron sharpens iron when it, when it comes to that. But yeah, I, I really appreciate it, man. And like I said, you, you got to come with your A game, man. But you know, if you ask me, you know, you no, know, Jr. the goat, man. And he kind of threw me an alley oop, you know what I'm saying? Put my name on the project and stuff, and you know, really get me out there because I was kind of, you know, I ain't really want to do it, and you know what I'm saying? I'm really just trying to focus on him. He's like, nah, you too dope, man. You got to put your stuff out. So, and I really appreciate him for giving me that push. Yo, can can you dive a little bit more into the gap? Because you earlier you said the two thousand five MySpace era, and then you had the gap. Like, did life happen, or like just take us through that? Yeah, so uh, I, I was in the Air Force. Um, I joined the Air Force in, in two thousand five. So, and <laughs> fortunately and and unfortunately, I got stationed to Seymour Johnson, which is like <laughs> twenty five minutes outside of my hometown. And because um, I, I joined the military to get away. So I'm like, yeah, man, who knows where I'm going to be? Like, nah, we're sending you back home. So, you know, I was like traveling back and forth, doing it whenever I could. And, um, you know, just deployments in between there. Uh, you know, my homeboys, they graduated A&T. My man, Tay Black, he moved up to Maryland. Alex moved down to Atlanta. You know, Joe moved back to Virginia. Uh, my man, Justin Sauls, he joined the Navy. So he was in Texas. And basically just life, you know, kind of like separated us. So, you know, I, I just took a long period of time where it was like, you know, I'm just living life. And I love rap. I'm a fan first. I could never really leave it alone. So I would always get that itch. And it wasn't until about, you know, 2009, 2010, where I was like, all right, you know, let me see if I can do something on my own and, and really get back in the game. But, you know, that really didn't work out. And I was transitioning from the military to civilian life and stuff. So. I just kind of had to get my house in order, man, before I can, you know, go on some some other endeavors and stuff. So, uh, man, so first off, man, before we go any further, appreciate your time and the service at all, man. We know it takes a different mindset to do it this. definitely and does. And for you to donate <laughs> four years, man, or however long you donated, we appreciate those years, man. Yeah, for sure. And if and if you, listeners, if y'all didn't know, Prez and I collectively have about 40 years of military service, so we don't shy away yeah, you about got that. Majority of those. Who me? You. You yeah, about yeah, to retire, yeah, yeah. Old, old man? <laughs> don't let the, people don't know how many years and stuff that is. Let, Listen, let you can't even you, hide it. Look how old you look on camera. You can't even hide it, man. You look your age. You one of them black people that look your age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man, man, take off the hat. Oh. I can't, I can't, I can't. Whole ceiling missing. Whole ceiling missing. I can't. Hey, look, you, you see it, man. You see the vibes, man. You see, you see it? Vibes, it's, it's the side look good. 
It's the back. Oh no. Nah. It's the yeah, back. Nah, nah, you good. It's oh, the back. Oh, bro, I ain't showing I it. I don't give a shit. Bro. Oh, you gonna do it? Don't it do is. it. Don't. <laughs> bro, I wish I had that. I got Paul Winslow, man, and my journey around. It's bad. Man. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing that. I don't care. I'm still living. I'm good. I'm in good health. You know what I mean? Something gotta go. Something gotta go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right, but so I, as go ahead, you were saying though, like uh, the weather report, man. For y'all who haven't listened yet, like until his new album, The Prodigal Son, come out, make sure you go go listen at that. I definitely got it in my rotation. Uh, definitely hear it weekly, uh, especially the first uh, the first three songs on there. Like you were saying, the fall heat and partly cloudy. Like man, mm-hmm. just that intro. Like when they come in, just like phew, always. I, I I love that. It's hard for me to get past those. Got keep. Like men to get that <laughs> rewind and hit them back again. <laughs> yeah, and that's that true, whole it's, it's, it's five tracks on there. It's 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 a solid project. But I mean, y'all y'all just like on that in like those three songs when y'all was coming in, y'all just kill those man. Barred up, yeah, barred up every single song. But I appreciate you, man. No doubt, man. But with Prodigal Son, the songs we've heard, it's still yeah. bars. But now we get to know who you are. On, yeah. on this part. So was that a, a concentrated effort to, you know what, I did I did this part, but now that I'm keeping this momentum going, I want to give the people more of who I am? Yeah, because, like, you know, I definitely want to let people know that I, I got bars available, you know what I'm saying? But I always felt like rap, you know, was, was message-oriented. You know, even when you, like, bragging and stuff, it's like you bragging to show people that you're the best. You know, but outside of that, you know, like people rap about like what they know, what they experience firsthand, secondhand, you know, just just life stuff. And I wanted to let people know uh, about, you know, my real life, um, you know, stuff that happened to me recently, you know, from 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 being depressed, you know, having, you know, your mom and your grandma come move in with you and stuff and then losing both of them, you know, it's Music really got me through a lot of that, and I just wanted to open up myself and, you know, show people a little bit of, like, you know, my mental space and the, the things that I had going on. Because when I talk to people about it, you know, surprisingly, it's like, yeah, man, you know, like, we, we need this stuff, and they're going through it as well. So I, I think that's the dope thing about it. Hey, yo, I call myself king so I can feel important. I held back for lots of things, cause my self-esteem is where the flow is. My sea of troubles so on metaphoric. My grandma told me to let him go and give him the God, and I feel better for it. And even though I have my past, I can't ignore it. And emotionally, I feel exhausted. Cause every time I fail, I feel the smallest. And I can't swallow another house of pride, cause it makes me feel nauseous. It's like I used to be a different person. 20-something ready to change the world, but my efforts prove worthless. And trying to make it right, it seemed like everything I was doing was wrong. Now I'm 35 with dreams deferred like student loans. Everybody in my life is moving on. But I feel stuck because I move like you move a pawn. Well, life is like chess, so I guess it matters not. Because when the game stops, all the pieces going back into the same box. They say a midlife crisis is like buying a motorcycle or some silly shit. And reality is the realization that you've probably lived more life than what you have left. Think about all the goals and aspirations that you set for yourself. Think about all the shit that you didn't accomplish. Yeah, and, and rest in peace to your moms and, and your family members. Because, you know, on on one of the songs, like you went, it was like maybe four family members that you kind of 
listed off, like that all passed away recently and one due to, to COVID. Like, like how did you, how were you able to, to write those words down and, and, and pin that? Man, it really just came to me. Like uh, a lot of that stuff I ain't even write down. Like the, the way I work, you know, like bars kind of come in my mind and I start formulating them there. So, you know, that part was just in my mind because I knew I wanted to like, you know, commemorate them in, in, in song somehow. So it, it just kind of like popped in my head, man. And, you know, like my mom was rough, but it was expected. And, you know, my grandmother, it was a little bit different. I was like more relieved for her because, you know, she survived all of her kids. She survived all of her siblings. And, you know, it was kind of like, you know, I'm just ready for her to know peace. And my uncle passed probably, this was a long time ago, maybe like 2009, 2010. But my aunt was the hardest because, you know, she had lupus and we felt like she was winning that fight. And, you know, around Christmas time, I get a call from my cousin. I think it's going to be like, hey, you know what's going on, cousin? She's like, yeah, you know, uh, mom passed. I'm like, damn. So, you know, but I, I knew I definitely wanted to do it, man. It just, it's just kind of up there, you know, the, the bars came and I found a beat that I wanted to, to, to get them, you know, to, to get them out on. And I just did it. Yeah. We, go ahead, Press. You had some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, uh, we talked about this earlier, man, because, uh, you, you know, you got, got different phases and stuff that you do in life. And, like, you got the street uh, the street people who can do it, like, extremely well, tell a story and pivot that way. But that's not, that's only one side of what everybody or anybody can go through. It's also that adult side that you, that you kind of leaned heavily in on this, uh, on, on, on this one, the prodigal son. Yeah, yeah you kind of told those stories about going through like with the family stuff, like you said, like uh, stuff ain't going your way. So you, you may have a setback or something like this and, you know, walking your way through that. That's something that you need to hear. I always think that you need to hear and it makes a mixture of, and that's what makes hip hop great. You know, like some people may say, Oh, I don't, I don't mess with that or whatever. But it's, it's the mixture of it that, you know, that gets you through and helps you. Like, I think that's what the game needs all the time. It's, it's important to hear them stories, man, because it's like, you know, you really, especially as like a black man, you know, a lot of like, like outside of like your immediate family members and stuff and like your significant others, like for the most part, you know, people don't really care. And there isn't a lot of avenues for support, you know, for whatever you may be going through. So if you can hear in a song, somebody going through a, sim a, a similar situation, it could be everything, you know, because they can show you like, all right, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but when you're going through it, it's just complete darkness. You know, sometimes you need somebody to like guide your thinking. It's like, it's not always going to be like this, you know, but you can get lost in the situations because just we can only experience the present. We can't look into the future, you know, so it's important to hear somebody going through a similar situation and how they got out of it, how they dealt with it. You know, all, all of that stuff is real important. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So when you was talking about it in tomorrow, today and yesterday, I think like that's what you was hitting on 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 that same topic. Uh, and, you know, just I think you 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 had the perfect lead in too with that time's up and then tomorrow, today and yesterday uh, on, on this album. And just yeah, so, yeah, you want to give us a little piece about that? Yeah. Um, so like and it's funny, too, man, because for the longest I didn't I didn't have a title. I didn't have a title for that song. 
and I was driving back from JR's career back home. And, you know, I was like, you know, tomorrow could always be today, but today is something yesterday can never be. It just kind of like popped in my mind. I'm like, that's it. Yeah. So, and it's, it's, it's really like, and, and I think a lot of people experience this. Like when you're young and your twenties, you feel like you're invincible. The world is yours. Everybody's been telling you that you're the future. You know, you're going to shape tomorrow and stuff. And you have a lot of grandiose ideas about, you know, the things you're going to accomplish. And then, you know, because time appears to happen instantaneously, you're like 34, 35, and you start going over the ledger, like, what have I accomplished? What have I checked off? And for me, it's like a lot of the things that I wanted to accomplish, I hadn't, you know, and it made me feel real depressed. But at the same time, it's like you're still here, you're still alive, so it don't mean that it's over. It just didn't happen in the manner that you expected it to happen. And a lot of times when you put uh, an expiration date on your goals, you really just add an undue pressure because as long as you're alive, you still have time and opportunity to do the things that you want to do and just get it done, you know. And the one thing that you can do is just focus on what you didn't do in the past because, you know, you got to put in the work today to, to, to shape your tomorrow. So it's like people want to lose weight, but you want to lose weight instantaneously. It's like if you're walking every day, and you're working out every day and you're cutting back your food, you know, in two, three months time, you would have lost the weight. But if you just focus on, uh, you know, I tried to lose weight last year and it didn't work, two or three months time passed, you're still going to be fat. You're going to be in the same situation. So it's kind of like just putting things in perspective and just working towards your future. As long as you're here, you got a shot. That's basically what I wanted to convey. And that's, man, that resonated with me. Like I told you um, before we got on the show, like, it's like, yeah, man, this this is the songs. These are the type of tracks that's going to last throughout a lifetime for anybody. They're probably not going to go to, you know, a party song club record, which are all cool. There's their seasons and reasons to listen to that. That's, that's nothing against it. But the songs that typically resonate with people is something where they, where you're relatable, like, like you were in that song and many other songs on, uh, on this project, but also being able for them to dive in to your story, even if even if they're not going through it, because if they're not going through it right now, they might go through it <laughs> in the future. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that that was good, man. You addressed failure, um, being self conscious, uh, worrying about not being where your friends are. Like all of that is tackled in that one song, and you just broke it down perfectly. But the song breaks it down even better for you guys out there that haven't heard the project. Just yeah, like when y'all hear it, y- y'all definitely gonna love it. So we had uh, the the last couple tracks on your album, uh, on your EP that we talking about, and it was uh, go high learning. Really thought that was like a standout yeah. track. Can can you go over a little bit of what you was thinking on that? And I know like on here you had spoke about a couple of groups too. You had said Tribe Called Quest, Souls of Mischief, and stuff like this. Can you speak on how they influenced this whole EP? Yeah, so uh, to, to, to start with uh, the higher learning track, man, unfortunately, uh, you know, and, and it's crazy because I wrote that verse some time ago. Like, I wrote that verse, like, probably two or three years ago, and that was around the time. Um, and I can't even recount, you know, which killing it was, but, you know, y'all y'all know what's, what's going on in media today. Uh, you know, police killing unarmed black people, um, you know, the... The, the, the thing with the Spanish kid that was just killed in Chicago with his hands up. 
And, you know, it's it's, it's kind of like, I, I just feel like people are distracted, you know, from like who the real enemy is. Because I see a lot of times it's like, you know, we got a lot of smoke for our own, you know, but people can come into our communities and brutalize us and, and we become real compliant. It's like a lot of the, the tough guy stuff, it, it disappears, you know, when whenever it's police involved. And, you know, and I get it, you know, but at the same time, it's like you can't let people come in and just do anything, you know, if you're supposed to, you know, a protector of your community, which a lot of a lot of street uh, cats aren't, you know, but it's, it's just something I want to touch on, man, because it's like, you know, refocus the, the, the energy on who your real enemy is, you know, because they out there, you know, but we'll, we'll let them, we'll leave them be. And, you know, if somebody steps on your sneakers or whatever, like, at the the, the, the slightest sense of any kind of disrespect, we ready to, to ride on the ops or whatever. And it's like, that stuff don't really matter, man. Like, you know, we got we to gotta come together and, 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 you know, really be about helping your brother and, you know, protecting your sisters against, you know, any outside threat, whatever it may be, you know. So just kind of wanted to touch on that and my, my thoughts about situations, you know, that nature. That block. What happened to hip hop? This shit used to mean something. Now it's tough talking, mean mugging. Thirsty broads on the scene, lunching, and a bunch of corny rap dudes with rap feuds. We used to keep the memes coming. You know the rest if you stand for nothing. And all I see are expensive shoes tripping over your feet, stumbling. But fuck it, long as your sneakers clean, having knowledge yourself don't mean a thing. That shit don't matter when you piss. And then the influences that you that you had mentioned up in there that you kind of highlighted on here, uh, definitely a definitely a big tribe fan, man. Um, you know, <laughs> Midnight Marauders. Uh, I, I'm not that old, so you know, a lot of the a lot of the tribe that I was listening to, like the Love Movement and stuff. Of course, cats can be like, oh, well, you know, the feeling was already gone by the time they dropped that. But you know, those are like my coming of age tracks. And then, of course, you know, Souls of Mischief. Uh, you know, 93 till infinity, um, you know, hieroglyphics, uh, <laughs> man, it's like, 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 that's really like the soundtrack of, of, of my childhood, you know? So, um, I just definitely wanted to, to, to shout those names out because it's, it's names that really don't get a lot of shine, not talking about tribe, but, you know, more so souls of mischief and, um, you know, let's just wanted to, to share some light on those groups for, for people who don't know who they are they got some some real dope music you should check them out yeah man and some of that music is like like you're saying like it probably wasn't you at the time uh like you didn't catch the initial wave they're trying to say but that music's timeless so anytime you go back and listen to it it still feels fresh it feels like like in in the moment like even to the point where i know like my kids i'll be riding they don't like too much of the stuff i listen to but when i put on something like that they're they're, they're quiet they'll let it ride out you know what i mean the music yeah. just sounds good you know Absolutely. Yeah, that that's true, man. Um, yeah, my son even even as I was preparing for the interview, I'm riding around. My oldest son is about to be 15, so I let him listen to whatever because he's gonna listen to it now. And then he was like, "Yo, Dad, who that?" You know, because he always clown me for my my old school listening because I'm always listening to the locks. I'm always listening to uh, old bad boy because that that was my my coming of age. You know what I mean? So kind of, it just kind of came into me, man. Like who, who were some of your, your, your rap groups, your, your labels that were like your go-tos 
during your coming of age years? Man, so the so the the probably the the most formative rap group got to be Wu Tang, man. Cause like you know, um, I'm I'm the middle child, so I got a younger brother who's three years younger. My older brother is two years older. So basically, I listened to whatever he listened to, you know. So and he was kind of like all over the place from like you know Dungeon Family, Bone Thugs, but like the Wu Tang, like the first time I heard Protect Your Neck, I'm like, man, what is this? Like, I had never heard anything like that in my whole entire life. And just, like, you know, the the, the energy and then, you know, the, the the whole kung fu references and all that stuff, I was all in, man. So, so absolutely, like, you know, Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang is it for me, man. And then, you know, Method Man. But my favorite member is Ghostface. Like, I... <laughs> two for two. Ghostface. Two for two. <laughs> Bruh. Ghostface, Ghostface has a top five discography of all time, bro. Like, Prez, you hear that? It, no, I'm, I'm telling you, man. I'm <laughs> telling you. Like, bro, when Supreme Clientele came out, oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. Like, mm-hmm. man. That's that's all I was listening to. That's all. And you can I, literally I, just, I, like, put... He he can't say shit about Supreme Contest. You know that, bro. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, I ain't gonna say nothing about it. I, I'm like, <laughs> I, but I'm saying like we all love Wu. I just said my favorite out the group was Raekwon. Like no matter what, like I ain't, I ain't trying to sit here and like no ghost faces. Like nah, I ain't no, never that. But because you saying. can't argue it, that's why you try. That's why you sitting here ain't saying shit. <laughs> I'm just came you know. together as a group and it was amazing. It was an amazing movement. I just love the movement, but I'm saying, like, when we talk to it, who I resonate and who I like to go listen to more than all of them is Raycon. Absolutely. It suits your per- it suits your personality. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, and that's what's dope about it, man, because it's like it's something for everybody, man. You know, because I got a home and he like, yo, man, the dopest, dopest members, Master Killer, you know. And like the only the only cat that I've never heard anybody be like, yo, he the dopest is you guys. Like I I I, I never I never found the, the, I never found you guys. Hey, hey, look, I I, I ain't you know. I know, I know, I get it. You got it. You know what I'm saying? But like they all they all had their moments, man. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm I want to think it's mystery of chess boxing. I think you guys probably had the hardest verse, Sean. Bro, I'm gonna give it yeah. to you with no trivia. Yeah. Oh, like cocaine came straight from Bolivia, bro. Like I'm like, yo, okay. Like just, just the energy, man. Like I, I love this. So, so in terms of groups, you know, what I'm saying Wu Tang, and then probably, uh, probably Far Side, because you know, mm. you know, people talk about Fonte kind of like being, you know, blending the R and B, the singing into the rap, and then you know later on Drake, Far Side was doing that, you know, back then, you know, um. Like uh, Jay Dilla, uh, I think they got a, a remix called um, I forget. It, it might be She Said, but that's still in my playlist today. Like you know, some of the most melodic, smooth music that you will ever hear, and it, it stands the test of time. Like it doesn't sound dated. That stuff could come out today, and nobody would know. I don't think so. You know, those those are probably my my groups. And then, you know, of course, you know, you got groups like Gangstar, um, The Locks. I'm a huge MOP fan because they got their energy. Um, you know, definitely Little Brother. Little Brother is kind of the reason why I was like, yo, you know, cats from Carolina can do this. You mm-hmm. know, because back then the landscape was different. It was like, you know, 
the internet hadn't taken a hold. So you Petey Pablo, music I don't mean to cut you off, but when I used to think of North Carolina, I used to think of Petey Pablo. I ain't going to hold you. <laughs> that's that's not, that's an honest from, to God truth. That was that was a lot of people. That was a lot of people like, yo, like you from North you talking about Petey Pablo, North Carolina? And, you know, it's like, unfortunately, it's like, yeah, you know, so. It was a low-key slight. Like, it was, it was, you know, because, you know, back then, you know, the, 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 New York East Coast boom bap type of rap that was king, so they really wasn't really rocking with southern music like that like they are now, you know. So when somebody mentioned P.D. Pablo, it was like a joke, like yeah, you know. <laughs> but you know, 2005 and Cats like yeah, you know that's where little brother from, right? And I'm like yeah, you know, and they listen to the same stuff that I'm listening to, so it was kind of like you know, it, it was kind of like my state finally got their their just due, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. Those, those are my groups, though, man. Those are my groups. All right. Well, you know what I had. And now y'all got one of the y'all got one of the ones that considered the great in everybody's eyes. You know, like uh, the J Cole. You know, like when you mentioned that Carolina. So I mean, yeah, it's a lot. What I'm trying to say is, it's a, it's a well, lot different. Like, is he really from? I mean, he from there, but he he made his bones oh, in New oh, York. You, you know, I mean, the minute they have. A, they make a pit stop in New York. <laughs> New York want to lay oh. claim. Like, well, you know, he got his swagger from up there. <laughs> it's not a lie. Yeah. Hey, y'all, y'all it ain't a lie. Y'all try to claim Michael Jordan. Though. Yeah. He's born in Brooklyn, <laughs> baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, you you go up there for one summer, they be like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, same same thing. We (laughs) we all we all had family in the south, so we went to the south in the summertime. It was just jokes. It's just jokes. You know what I'm saying? Hey, that was that was the thing back then, though, man. To pretend like you had like a New York accent or whatever, you had like people from up like that automatically gave you like some kind of credibility or whatever. Like yo, like he from New York, and half the time cats be lying. So it's. It was, it was in the military when I first came in, at least my first three, four years. I could pull that off, and it, it worked for me. It worked for me, with the ladies, specifically. I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> All right, man. So you gave us the groups. I mean, let's give give us the lyricists. Give us the lyricists off the top of your head. You got to have a top five. Yeah. So, and, and, and this is my top five. Like I said, you know, I don't. I don't know rap enough to be like, you know, I can tell you the best, the, the, the best rappers, but my top five. So when I first started rapping, man, it was it was big pun. I wanted to to flow like pun. You know, I, I just wanted to sound like pun because I like I like how he put his music together. And it's like, you know, just the breath control necessary to spit one of his verses, you know, because uh, I was spitting that um that song he had with, with uh, Fat Joe. Uh, the deep cover remix, you know, ready for war, Joe, how you want to run a spot? I know these dirty cops that'll get us in if we murder some wop. Hop in the Hummer, the Punisher's ready. With me a Vito with noodles, we do this do while we slurping spaghetti. Mm. Everybody like, you know, and what then is this? Line, and in the middle of little, 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 did we know that we riddle some middleman who didn't do diddly like I heard that and I'm like, yo, this is insane. So that's, I want everything had to be like that, you know, and then you know, I discovered Big L. So, and I discovered Big L because it was in seventh grade. And I think he had already passed. I'm pretty sure he had already passed. But my man, Blake Ward, he had like the binder full of CDs and stuff. And, you know, we was poor. So, you know, I had the CD player. I only had one CD. And I got tired of listening. I'm like, yo, let me let me hear something. And I grabbed, I think it was Lyricist Lounge Volume 2. 
and he had a, a song on that joint called "A Still Here." It was uh, it was a remix actually. It was Big L and C Town, and he had a he had a bar. And I hope I don't say it wrong. So if I do, don't slander me. But he said, "You know nothing about L, so don't doubt L. What's the motherfucking rap game without L? Yeah, that's like Jews without ice, or like China without rice, or the Holy Bible without Christ, mm-hmm. or the Bulls without mics, or crack games without pipes, the village without dikes, the hockey games without fights. Don't touch the mic if you ain't able to spit." flamboyant is the label I'm with. And I'm like, it it was like different because he talking that talk, but it's that clean, precise flow. And it's just witty. You can tell he's in total control. Yeah. It's I I just, I just picture him like walking into the booth with like an invincible aura, like he a super saiyan or something. And, you know, just, just listening to his style, you know, quick to bust it mean nothing. The team slut, big L is clean cut with more Jews than King Tut. Like just effortless, just effortless. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, you know? man. And and then the third would have to be Elza. Elza is is is, is my okay, favorite nice. rapper. Nice, you know, because there 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 there's nothing there's nothing he can't do. And he's underrated. Like, you know? He's super underrated. Super, super underrated. Like you'll hear Royce, you'll hear Royce before you hear L. But if you mm-hmm. go back and do your due diligence on L. It's, it's, it's neck and neck. It just. I, 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 I think what it is is that a lot of people got introduced to Elza through when he joined Slum Village. Yeah. And I think the song at the time that was booming was uh, that Selfish, that joint uh, that was produced by Kanye. He got a verse on it, but and you know his verses like just the type of song it is. He had to be kind of tame, but Elza's a monster. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, I think it's on the preface. He got a song called Deep. He said, I'm the shell slinger, bell ringer, hiding bodies to the smell lingers until they pale as Renee Zellweger. I'm like, what? Like, bro, <laughs> like, who says that kind of stuff, yo? And those are the opening bars. Yeah. That's the beginning. Like, it it, it, it just keeps going, man. He had a song, uh, Pete Rock produced it called Gangsta Boogie. And he's on the chorus. I spit fire like a lit wire to split in a bit fibers and bzz, you hit by the gangster boogie. I'm like, yo, <laughs> this dude is nasty. He nasty, mm-hmm. man. Detroit, Detroit in general, bro. Detroit in general got some spitters. Like, like people clown on Danny Brown. I, and I know I'm randomly bringing Danny Brown up, but when he get very nasty, random, but go ahead. But I'm just saying, when Danny's, when he raps, like he raps really freaking well, and you you get caught up in the annex, you get caught up in the antics, yeah, but because yeah, he, he was and his, he got that high pitched tone too, and I think that would kind of like yeah yeah it yeah, does. It's, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but like if you just listen to the lyrics, you know what I'm saying. And another cat that nobody like hardly nobody mentioned, Joe. Everybody talks about Black Milk as a producer, as a rapper. You, yeah. yeah, he he did his thing as, as a rapper. As, Man, him, him, like, like my dream, my dream album would be him, Royce, and Elza. They haven't made a bad song yet, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I need that group project. I need that group project. But yeah, man, Elza, what he what he did on uh, Elmatic, uh, that was the um the project where he basically just did uh he just redid Illmatic. Yeah. But you know songs like Relaying and stuff, just like how you can like you know. It's almost like time travel, man. 
you know, because he's, I, I think it goes, I'm trying to get the memory lane, but wonder, should I take the train or thought or hop on a mental plane? I don't stay far, but it's a place you can't get to when you call. You travel. Standing still is bizarre, but there you are like you never left. Back into your high with your report call, trying to make a B out of the letter F. And I'm like, yo, do we live the same life? Because I can remember <laughs> getting my report card and it's like, yo, trying, to, <laughs> trying to change it up a little bit. Yeah, and you know it's mad wacky. You got no pen, you got a pencil, and it's like one of the the fat chunky pencils. But it's like, man, it's it's just that 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 kind of like descriptive, like it's almost like he he he's crafted a whole inside the world, man. And he can bring you into his world and let you experience it. So so those those would definitely be be my top three, and then man, the other two. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I feel like we can get that that album that you mentioned, and though, like that's something that should be able to, you know, we can speak it into existence, right? <laughs> I hope, I I hope and pray, man. I hope and pray because uh, they, they they got a song called "Losing Out" on on um, Black Milk's album called "Tronic," I think. And yeah, that chemistry, that back and forth, it's it's unmatched, man. And it's 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 just like a battle of the titans, like. You know, we know what Royce is. We know what L's I is. It's like, you know, can Black Milk keep up? It's like, nah, he can do more than keep up. Like, he belongs mm-hmm. there. You know, like, so I, I would love to hear a whole album full of that, man. I'll pay a high dollar amount for that. For sure. That's something Absolutely. But yeah, man, if, uh, but this ain't even Detroit related. I know you got two more to give us, but me and Prez went to a concert when the world was open back up and concerts was coming out here. And the one cat he put me back on. When? Way back when, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Odyssey. I don't know if you're familiar with mm-hmm. Odyssey, but that's I another am. guy. That's that's yep. another guy yep. that's super ill with it, super, super ill with it. Super dope, man. And the thing I like most about Odyssey is, like, he does his own thing, man. He always trying to, like, advance his sound, and he not afraid to experiment. Like, a lot of cats, you know, how they come out, they want to stay that way because they feel like if I branch out, you know, my core fans are going to leave me or whatever. Like, obviously, just make the music that he want to make. And if you rock with it, you rock with it. If you don't, you don't. But it's always top tier. And I can appreciate that. For sure. All right, so give us four and five. What you got? So, I already mentioned him before, but Ghostface, man. Ghostface. You know, like, um, if you want to talk about the, uh, one of the artists with the best style, you know, and, and I know, you know, older cats will probably say like Slick Rick or whatever. For me, it's Ghostface. You know, like 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 Ghostface, just his sound, like like sonically, you know what I'm saying? He sound like somebody that you want to listen to. And then like, you know, with the Wallabies, I remember him having the, the, the golden bangle with the eagle on it. You know what I'm saying? He coming out in robes and stuff. And like really just spitting over whole songs. Like not a sample. He's spitting over the whole song. And I'm like, yo, this is insane. I never heard nothing like this. I love it. No, no, no 808s, no drums, just coming in. Nothing. The <laughs> whole song man, he just hitting over it. And it's some of the raw stuff that, that I ever heard. So, you know, um, and I kind of lost touch because I got as I got old, I just couldn't listen to music as much. But you know, for him to go from Iron Man to to to, to bulletproof wallets, um, uh, and I'm not doing them in order, but uh, Fish Scale, More Fish, um, uh, No Misses, No Misses, you know, Zero Misses. And un- unfortunately, I think Bulletproof Wallace was the album that uh, a lot of those songs didn't come out because of sample clearance. 
But the version that was supposed to come out, he'd have had it. Have been another Supreme clientele. And there's a lot of albums. There's a lot of albums like that back in the day where the bootleg versions came out, and you was like, "This is gold. This is gold." And then it just never quite made it to the market, man. But Prez, do you have anything else for King? It was that it. Is that four or five? No, four. That's four. four. Five. I ain't, ain't gonna go into it because it's Nas. You know what? What can I say about Nas? You know what I'm saying it's God MC. You know, goat level. Mm. It is what it is. Some people feel like he don't deserve that Grammy last year, but that's just some people on this podcast. Um, but yeah, I digress. <laughs> I, 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 I can kind of see that because it's it's just like you know he should have already had one. That's what I feel like it is. So he's trying to talk about it. I feel like it's that, that <laughs> Denzel moment that we got with Nas. Like he should have got it off some of his past work, and that's when it should have been given yeah. to him. But this was oh, this was I. Right. You know, we can we can champion this, and we're gonna re-say and like that's his best work, and like that's where he's gonna get the Oscar. For it. But him and uh, DiCaprio, if you really want to say it, like you know, like them getting it, yeah, not what we would consider on their best the work. They gave it to DiCaprio for the Revenant, didn't they? Yeah. He got attacked. Yeah. Like, what did he do in that movie? <laughs> like, <laughs> he was just there. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 it's nothing. Like, I, I do think Nas deserve. Yeah, he do deserves that. But it's like, it, was that his collective best? Who should have got it so over Nas? Just say it. So come out with it, Prez. Just come out with it. Who, who should have got it? Just come out with it. Jay Electronica. <laughs> <sighs> I, would, I don't know. How do I drop nah, drop you out this nah. time? <laughs> you know who should have got it? Freddie Gibbs, man. Yeah, I, I feel like Freddie had the best joint. Either him or Royce. Either him or Royce. But yeah. if I had to go off of what I truly listened to more, it was more it was, Gibbs. Yeah, it was gangster. Yeah, Gibbs can't do no wrong right now, man. He he's definitely on the tear. So I, I rock with him a whole lot, man. So I'm still glad Jay Electronica was nominated. <laughs> We we can go on and on for days about that guest appearance, J Electronica album, but you know, it is what it is, you know. Hey. <laughs> but I wanted to switch gears real quick, because I know you're a sports guy and, and I want to get into some sports. We 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 need to know right straight up who your teams are and, and then we, we're gonna move on from there because I got some good sports questions for you. All right, man. So, so football. Unfortunately, man, because they did my they did my guy dirty, man. They did Cam dirty. I'm a Carolina Panthers fan, man. I, I've been a fan since they they came in the league, and you know, I, I'm a loyal dude. I, I don't switch sides, man. Like the only way I'm going to be a fan of a different team is if they leave the state. If they if they relocate, then I'm a free agent. But until then, you know, I'm, I'm a Panthers fan. That's 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 my football team. Basketball team, I still got to go with the home team, man. Charlotte Hornets, you know, we got LaMelo Ball. You know what I'm saying? The future looking bright. Got Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington. I don't really rock with Gordon Hayward too heavy like that, you know what I'm saying? But it, 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 it is what it is. Hey, y'all going to need him. Really y'all going to need him to come back. <laughs> Bro, we going to need everybody we can get. Yeah. We going to need everybody. But, you know, it, 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 it seemed like we heading in the right direction, man. I, I like Terry Rozier, so... You know, it's 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 the most excitement we've had in in a long time. So, uh, not really a baseball fan or a hockey fan, man. So 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 those are my teams, pretty much. All right. So King James is a you know that's a name to live up to, you know. And, and in our opinion, I humbly say 
You are doing well carrying the name so far. But with that said, you have to start a franchise. Who are you picking? King James, LeBron James, Kobe, or MJ? Who you who you who you starting the franchise with and why? If I'm starting a franchise, I'm starting it with LeBron. Like LeBron has proven that it really doesn't matter the pieces around him. He's going to get it done. And 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 and, and I see Mr. Prez, you know. <laughs> he a Bron- he a Laker fan. <laughs> this isn't this isn't a slight on any uh, facts. I think if you ask me who the GOAT is, the GOAT is Michael Jordan. You know, LeBron is not the GOAT. I think Michael Jordan's the GOAT. But if I'm starting a team from scratch and I don't know what the rest of the team looks like, it's going to be LeBron because everywhere he, he's gone, he's known success. And we got to get out of this whole, oh, but he didn't win the championship. Like, bro, you see what Cleveland, what that franchise is. Like, they just let go of um, Kevin Porter Jr. He's hooping in Houston. Hooping, hooping. Hooping, hooping. And he couldn't get on the court in Cleveland? You see the type of ineptitude that he took that to a championship and made them one of the best teams in the league consistently, you know? So, like, my, my thing with, with, with Kobe, of course he's an all-time great, you know? Definitely an all-time great. But I remember, you know, when Shaq left and they missed the playoffs and then the next two years they got bounced by the Suns in the first round. I remember that, you know what I'm saying? And even Michael Jordan, you know, because I, I, I was born in 85, so I didn't get to see Michael Jordan struggle. My uncle really schooled me on, like, nah, like, when Jordan first came into the league, he was basically a cat that scored a whole bunch of points on a terrible team, you know? And it didn't diminish what he was, but when people talk about Jordan being 6-0, it took, he had a way to turn just like everybody else. You know, the, the Celtics had aged out. You know, the Pistons had to age out and, and the Lakers had to age out. And then it was their turn, you know. So I don't even think about rings and, and, and any of that stuff when I talk about the players that I want to, you know, start a franchise with. I'm, I'm taking LeBron because I feel like he's going to get the most out of the talent around him. But in terms of, like, the GOAT, Michael Jordan's my GOAT, you know. I just feel like he's the only player that came into the league from day one being the best player in the league. Nobody else can say they did that. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. <laughs> Mamba mentality. Bro, Kobe Bryant didn't even play when he first got it. He couldn't even be Eddie Jones out for the spot. How he got the goat. <laughs> and, and, and that's not and Eddie Jones was wrong. Eddie Jones was wrong. So I, I want to put so, that out there. So how many years? How many years did it take for Kobe to like take that spot? But, uh, I mean, it probably was really took not not it, many, it like a year and a half, if that. that. Oh, a year and a half. Oh, so did, did, did Jordan go to college? Yeah, one year. Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. three years. Sorry, three years. Did, did Kobe? Did Kobe? Ah, come on, man. Ah, okay. So, make, so we make your point here, Perez. Make your point. Make your point. Right now, that evening back up. So, hey, that one year we went. That was his college time. He was just getting paid. He he didn't fall for the trap like Jordan did. He got paid to go out there and do it. Well, Jordan probably got paid too, but we less than there. <laughs> <laughs> no, he got paid. No, he got paid. Uh, I, I was just gonna say, like, and, and to Kobe's defense, you know, he he was in an era where like your rookies really didn't play. You know, like now as a rookie, you get thrown into the fire. Back then, it really didn't matter what you did as a rookie unless you went to the worst of the worst franchises. Like him going to L.A. 
there was no way he was going to start from day one. It just wasn't going to happen. So it wasn't all on him. You know what I'm saying? I, I'll get yeah. over that. And I take it, you know, just from you, coming from you, you know, I understand a little bit, you know, Charlotte, Kobe. Y'all probably still got a little bit of animosity. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Hey, Prez hold grudges too. He wasn't a uh, he wasn't a LeBron fan until LeBron actually came there. Now LeBron could do no wrong in his eyes. But before that, once he won that chip, he was dang. a critic, boy. He was a critic, man. It was terrible. Look, if they, if they get healthy, they going back to back, man. If they get healthy, they going yeah. back to back. Man, especially with Drummond out there, man. That that dude. Bro, I'm telling people, happen. man, the way, the way Drummond is going to look with AD and Bron on the court is totally different than how he looks now. Man. Yeah. It's, it's, hey. it's going to be nice. All he got to do is block shot and rebound. All he has to do I'm, is block I'm, shots and rebound. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it's like the Nets versus the Lakers just so, you know, I, every time I see Strode come out there, I'll just put a big smile on my face. Oh, yeah. Kyrie's out. <laughs> but here's the thing, Press. Here's where I disagree with Press. So here's the backstory, James. He thinks because you're able to get Kyrie upset that he's still not going to bust your ass and give you 40. I, I don't think he's that type of player that gets that much inside of his, his self. Like he's, is he sensitive? Maybe, but I don't, I don't think Schroeder is going to stop him. Schroeder going to have long nights. If, if that is to happen, if it is the Nets and the Lakers. Yeah. I, I, I think what's going to hurt the Nets is the fact that they're going to get punished in the paint. Like if, if they play Philly, you know, they don't have an answer for Embiid. It just happened. Because, like, like, like Embiid's going to be able to do whatever he wants. And then Ben Simmons is a paint player, too. You know, so in turn, like, are they going to be able to rebound enough? They can score with anybody, man. If it's a scoring contest versus the Nets, you're going to lose. But I don't think they're going to be able to lock up the way some of these other teams can lock up. And it's different when it's like a one-off. Like, when you play them on Thursday and then you got another game, on Saturday, you know, you really can't prepare the way you can in a seven game series. So, you know, if, 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 if they get matched up against Philly, you know, which probably be the Eastern conference finals, I got to go with Philly having that edge, man, because they just have no answer for him. And, you know, the playoffs is about easy buckets and about extra possessions. And I think Philly would be able to have the better of those. So, but I mean, KD is a walking bucket. Like, he just came back, but this week and just walked in doing his thing, man. But one of the places where it's not so easy for KD is on Twitter. And recently, <laughs> <laughs> recently, him and uh, old Shay Shay Sharp got into it. Yeah. And I saw your comments. I saw your comments on Twitter, man. So I wanted to address them there. Who, who was wrong in that situation, man? Who was wrong in that situation? So, so, and, and I thought a little bit about what you said, because you said that uh, Shannon should have owned up to, like, falling for the fake quote, and he should have. He, he definitely should have, man. So I'll assign blame to both parties, but I just really found it odd that that would be, that that comment was going to be what set Katie off, because people have said a lot worse about that man, you know, and, and he didn't address it at all. And it's like, you know, yeah, Shannon fell for a fake quote. And he's like, yo, why you out here spreading lies about me? It's like, he, he didn't come up with that on his own. You know, like, that it, it does exist out 
you know, in space. So if anything, you would say, okay, Shannon, you know, that's a fake quote. And then, you know, if, if Shannon defends that, then he's wrong. So it's, it's just a weird situation. But, I mean, I, I feel like KD, you know, he knows that Shannon Sharp is old and, 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 and Twitter is KD's game. Like, I feel like he's really like, you know, he's a troll. Like, he, he can control, you know, the narrative on Twitter better than he can on TV or if they met like face to face because a lot of his what the a lot of the ways he wants to move is not gonna hold up in real life. So I just thought it was kind of corny, you know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. I don't think it's too big of a deal. I don't think he really cares. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I feel like man, nowadays these these guys, this is the way it's gonna be from here until I don't know, as far as these guys being on social media, expressing themselves, clapping back, like so you kind of got to get used to it. The only people that are not going to do it is those top, those top tier quarterbacks, possibly, I would say those white quarterbacks. You don't see them on Twitter going back and forth with people. But KD is one of the rare superstars that just, he, he, he here for the shits. And, and, and most people who are our age and a little bit older just don't get it because social media came to the rise long after, you know, they were actually involved with it. So I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But I wanted yeah, to transition. I still don't. It's, it's it's real easy to step away. But you don't like social media, Press. What's so hard about stepping away from it? Like somebody say something online, I don't care. Like, I come say it to my face. Like, you come around me, then then we'll talk about <laughs> it. But whatever you saying out here, man, I ain't, I ain't got time for all that nonsense. So, Press, do you got any parting words for King James and, and the prodigal son? Like I said, I, I hope people go listen to this uh, weather report. Great EP, kind of different tonally than this one right here, The Prodigal Son. So I think both of them can, you know, live in their own own places. And I think you're, you're going to enjoy both projects. So go check those out. Uh, keep putting out music, man. And hey, I, I'm going to say you're always welcome back on the couch, man. Come on. Come on and join us at any time. If you feel like you got any uh, album that you want to speak on or something like this, or you want to talk on that's just like burning up that we ain't speaking on, hey, always hit us up and uh, we'd love to have a convo with you about it. Sure, you always you always welcome on the couch, brother. And, and as for me, I this is my pardon shot is for the people out there that is listening, the folks in our age range. We doing these interviews so you can find the dope music. We're finding it for you. Go listen. Go support, go buy, go get merch, go do all the things that you need to do. But these guys are talking about real shit and they're rapping it. They're fucking asses off. When I'm talking about King James, I'm talking about JR, talking about Mars Native. Pretty much everybody we interview on here is people that we like genuinely. And and that's it, man. And like little brother says, man, Prez, what is it? Exactly, exactly. Dope bees, dope bars with more than y'all want. I mean... They don't want to shuck and jive. They just want to rap and give y'all good music. So you're definitely going to get that with the weather report, like Perez says. You're definitely going to get it with the prodigal sound when y'all hear it on May 3rd. And with that said, King James, we'll let you take us out. Let us know who's featured on the project and where everybody can find you. I bet, man. Like I said, uh, you know, the project Prodigal Sun is dropping May 3rd on all streaming platforms. Uh, got a feature from uh, the Queen, Brittany Carter. Really dope MC out of Chicago. Uh, she, you know, definitely blessed me with an amazing verse. Uh, I got production from Aeon. I got a production from DJ Payne One. I got a couple joints from uh, Serious Beats. 
Um, you know, project came out wonderful. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to, you know, provide, you know, a soundtrack for cats, you know, for their everyday life. You know, the, the things that you go through that you may not want to talk about, you know, or things that people really don't touch on too much. Um, that's just what I wanted to highlight. And, um, yeah, man, you know, show love. Just show show energy to the stuff that you like, man. Because if you're showing energy, people show more energy to the stuff that they don't like. And the only way, you know, stuff is going to rise to the top is if you champion it. So if you hear something that you like, you know, just like, you know, Cash and, uh, you know, um, Mr. Press, the same way they do, you know, show love to the stuff that you like, man. You know, elevate it to the top so more people can hear it. You know, and I definitely appreciate y'all for having me on. I like to talk, man, so it ain't even got to be on a music tip. If it's just, you know, about whatever, you know, hey, just hit me up. I'm ready to do it anytime, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we will, we will do that. <laughs> we will do that. Cash, before we let him go, though, uh, we definitely want to say, man, hey, love the song Hip Hop. Make sure y'all check oh, that out. Oh, favorite. Best song ever. Best song ever. Best song ever. Hey, we got our first shout out, y'all. You know what I'm saying? We ain't ashamed to say we was excited when we heard it. Damn it. Yeah. Hey, look, you got to gotta show love, man. I love what y'all are doing, man, providing, you know, an, an outlet uh, for cats like myself, you know, to, to, to be exposed to a wider audience. So definitely appreciative. And, um, you know, we're going to keep it moving, man. Hopefully this thing grows for all parties involved. Absolutely, absolutely. And with that said, I'm Cash, aka Exec P, and he I'm is. Prayer. All right, and that's King James, May 3rd, Brodical Son. We out. Yes, sir. Rappers are gone mentally. A bunch of tough guys claiming they might kill the niggas fronting that they move weight like the Genovese. We came a long way from Wild Style and Busy B. But some of y'all raps, you gotta be kidding me. Man, this is hip hop the way it was meant to be. Dope lines blowing your mind like John Kennedy. My ability to murder through simile is simply the epitome of what these rappers wish to be. A savage mentally, physically, I damage them critically. Realistically, most rappers ain't shit to me. Hip hop.